Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Brackets. The show that dives behind the scenes and explores the personal journey of software developers. Meet your host, Andrew Trujillo, as he dives into today's remarkable story. My name's Andrew, and today we have Adriana with us. Adriana, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you today, Andrew? Doing good. Looking forward to doing the podcast with you. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Sure. Are you nervous about doing a podcast? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. But remember, it's just like a conversation, right? We just go back and forth, chit-chat. This time we're recorded, though, so don't make it weird. No promises. <laughs> well, I know you pretty well, but for those who don't know you, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Okay, so, yeah, my name's Adriana. Um, I started doing photography probably back in 2016 when I was still in high school. Um, I started out just um, seeing everybody else kind of take these aesthetically pleasing pictures on Instagram and stuff. And so I kind of wanted to try it myself. Um, I think the very first picture I ever took was actually of some colored pencils, which sounds pretty cringy, I know, but that's kind of where it took off. Um, from there... I tried to take a photography class in high school, but unfortunately I was never actually able to make it into the class. There was too long of a wait list. And so I decided to start my own Instagram brand account. Um, I called it Edgy Elephant. And I would post lots of like nature pictures, especially flowers. There was a lot of flowers. Um, and then shortly after I graduated, I kind of fell off with photography, um, didn't work on it for a couple months. And then my aunt actually ended up gifting me my camera that I have now. And so I got back into it and started really working hard to grow my skill set. And then I think a couple of months after that is actually when you approached me about joining Trujillo Media. And since then, I've worked really hard to grow it. I think you've grown a lot as a photographer since we started doing all of this, but do you have any professional training or any professional education experience or are you 100% self-taught? I am 100% self-taught. Um, I do hope to take some classes in the next few years here uh, just to get a more technical understanding of the skill. But as of right now, I pretty much just read articles, watch videos, and experiment with my own camera. Now, I know how hard it can be to teach yourself a new skill and then stick with it. What did you use as motivation to keep yourself going? I think that's a really good question. Um, honestly, since joining the business, I think you and my family were actually the main reasons why I kept going. Um, if I had just been working by myself, I think I would have stopped a long time ago. You know, you kind of lose interest, lose motivation, and it's easy to just move on to the next big thing. Um, but working with you and having the input of my family has really made me want to get better and keep doing it. I would agree with that. One of the main reasons why I approached additional business partners to start this brand was to help keep myself motivated, right? This was a dream that I've had for a long time, being my own boss, but I could never be the boss of myself as well as I could be 
kind of a boss with other people, right? And um, I think that extra motivation is really important, at least to me, to staying accountable. I had people that I needed to deliver for. Oh, absolutely. It's really helpful to have a firm goal set and know that you have somebody that's depending on you to um, come in with the results. To, to deliver, right? To deliver, you, yeah. You have to deliver for someone now. You you can't just brush yourself off. You're brushing off everybody else that's involved now. So that, that definitely helps. Yeah, absolutely. Now, starting a business is a hard thing to do already. Why why were you interested when I first approached you? What what was your motivator when I showed up with this crazy idea and you said, "Yeah." Um honestly, I think that I was more so just like in shock that you would even ask me. Um I really thought it was kind of a crazy idea like I didn't really expect the business to become anything like what it has become to me. Um, but I was more so just like happy that you would even consider asking me to do something like that or that you had enough, you know, belief in me that I could be a photographer. And I think that's what really made me want to start this journey and grow my skill set. Ah, so you didn't realize how desperate I was for extra people to be involved in this, did you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess not. <laughs> I was really doubtful, I guess, that you would even follow. I know we had a friendship before this, but something like this is a big ask, right? It's it's a big deal. And I was not confident when I came to you that you would buy into it and that you would actually be willing to put in as much as you have. And I think you've, you've honestly surprised me because... I I expected some buy-in if you said yes, but you've really sold it. Not only have you sold it, but you've sold me on it several times because you, you go through moments where it's almost like you don't believe as much and you need that inspiration or that motivator to come back sometimes and there have been a few times where you've resold me on the dream that we're trying to build for our future oh yeah I have experienced the same thing with you um I think for me a big factor was I wasn't sure that the business was going to lead anywhere but you know I was kind of in the mindset of well it doesn't hurt to at least try the worst that happens is it fades out in a couple weeks or months and at least I got to spend time with people I enjoy and making new memories but the big selling point I think for me is you are very good at being a self-starter you're constantly wanting to learn something new or figure out how to do something for yourself and I think you being your own boss just makes sense and um, I think that was a big selling point for me. Um, having you to kind of help guide me through business was really an asset um, because, like I said earlier, I had tried to start my own business and it was just hard. There's so much that goes into business that I would have never considered. And so having somebody to guide me through it and also motivate, motivate me just made it that much better. You've got to find a good mix of personalities when you're doing something like this. 
there there are a few gifted people that exist out there that are capable of being a self-starter, being a business owner, and delivering on X, Y, and Z. I have the self-start, you know, I'm an idea guy. I like to jump into things. I like to learn things, do things. But there are areas where I lack that I need external people to fill that gap, right? And I think you coming in, you've assisted big time with the social media marketing, right? You've done a lot of our own social media um, presence. And despite my small input, you've actually seen some really good growth on the channels that you manage, right? And so you do very well with that. And that's an area that I've sorely lacked myself, even in other avenues that I've explored in the past. I just, I don't do well with social media and that comes very natural to you, which is a huge asset because it's one of the things that balances me out. Yeah, absolutely. I do think we have a good balance, you know, um, you're very good at thinking about what it takes to efficiently run a business and how to grow the business standpoint versus I think I offer the relationship standpoint of the business, you know, connecting with people and making that feel almost like a friendship rather than a business. And I think that's where there's a good mix. And it helps. I think that you and I have a good foundation to begin with. We have been friends for so long that it makes the business feel more fun, which keeps it new and exciting. Yeah. And I know what people mean when they say that, you know, when you move in with someone, do it with someone that you don't know because it could ruin the friendship. And I think businesses are the same way, right? Is you got to be careful who you start a business with because it can really long-term kind of sour a relationship if the foundation isn't strong enough. And I think a part of me was concerned about that, right? With starting the business with Tyson and then bring you involved as well. There was always that potential that I could sour the relationship over time, which is not that uncommon. And I think a good indicator for whether or not we'd be able to do this and remain friends at the same time was how that first year was going to go. And I think, I think it went very well. And I think that really showed that we have at very least the potential to come out the other side. Brent still. Oh yeah, I totally agree. Um, when you approached me with the, concept of Trujillo Media, I really did have to weigh it for a couple of days. I think I told you like, oh, I'll get back to you in a couple of days. And I think I ended up taking like maybe a week or two before I actually decided um, because, you know, you and I were such good friends and uh, business is one of those tricky things where, you know, you start involving money and external relationships and it gets a little unclear at times and you see different sides of people. But ultimately, I know how much integrity you have, and I feel like I also have a lot of integrity. So I decided to jump in head first, um, and I haven't regretted it, you know. There have been some difficult times within our first year, you know, where I had to learn a lot about being more independent and growing my ability to address conflict. Um, which is bound to happen when you're working with somebody, especially in a business sense. But I think that has only made our friendship stronger. I feel so much closer to you than I did when 
we worked together in the past. And um, well, and you know, I think to your point, I think back to that time when we were trying to get our first big ad and that that time we didn't have a lot of capital we were working with we hadn't worked with enough clients yet to have a lot of spare money for marketing expense and so we were all paying that out of pocket right that was a tough sell and it was an important one right because we have a solid ad now um but it was it was hard to afford that at the time i had just started going down through some financial troubles at the old place I was living at. I had changed jobs relatively recently, so I wasn't making the same money that I was previously. So it was really hard to afford that ad, but it was so important to us, right? And so it was going through that, navigating through that kind of sphere where we had to contribute. And there was a period of time where you were fronting the majority of that. And I'm sure it was getting very frustrating at times when Tyson or, or myself we were kind of lagging behind a month or two mm-hmm. on getting that money back to you, right? And I think that was the first real test of not only the relationship, but the business, right? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm i definitely um, understanding, I think, about financials. And I understood going into making that decision for the advertisement that you guys were not in the same place that I was of being able to afford it. So I was okay fronting it at first, but then, you know, I also fell into financial troubles and I was off of work for, I don't know, I think it was maybe two weeks or something like that. And, um, I remember being really stressed, like I barely have enough money to pay it. And then you guys were falling behind on it. And I think that was a very big burden on the business relationships for a while, but I never really stopped to address it. And so that was kind of on me too. It wasn't until I actually like sat down with you guys and was like, um, listen, this is not going to work for me that I actually (laughs) saw results. So. I think. It can be really easy with that out of sight, out of mind idea, right? Tyson and I were living our lives. We didn't share the burden the same way you did. And so it was really easy for us to forget that that was a problem. Whereas you had to face that problem often. You had to deal with the fact that we had, you had to make sure that payment was getting paid. And so we knew it was getting paid. And that's two different perspectives there. And that was the issue we had until you came to us and was like, Ayo, this is an issue. Let's talk about this. And we talked about it and we squared it up pretty quick after that. But I, and you know, that's on us because we neglected you in that situation, which made you feel poor about our relationship and our business at the time. And it really was a big test. And I'm glad we came through the other side because since then we've seen a lot of really strong success points leading throughout the year since we survived that initial I don't know, speed bump, you know, just that, that little bump in the road, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think after that point, you know, we had that conversation and we talked about just being on the same page with each other and understanding what everybody is bringing to the table. And I think after that point, we really made it a point to actually dedicate a lot of time to working on the business. Uh, We went from meeting like once a month to work on business and working independently every other time to, you know, now we meet 
once a week and we keep in contact during the week. So we always know what's going on. And I think that helps strengthen our relationship as friends, but especially in the business. An issue I ran into early on, which is why I wanted to change the way we approach the business, was I felt disconnected from both of you guys for a long time. We were working towards the same goal, but it didn't feel like we were most of the time because we were so far apart. We didn't know what each other was working on. We didn't even know if work was getting done, period, at that point. And that's around the same time that I started doing the time tracking as well. I started logging my hours so that I could see when I was working because I started to doubt myself. Like, am I putting enough time in the business, right? Like, is this something I'm actually committed to? And I needed to see visually with the numbers, yeah, this I am putting in work. You know, I have 30 to 40 hour work weeks um, on just the business some weeks, right? And then I I work part-time between 15 to 20 hours to actually pay my bills. And so I was like, okay, so I am putting in the work. That's reassuring. That makes me feel a lot better. And then working side by side with you guys at Starbucks for a while, it really became clear that you guys were putting in work too at the time. And it was, it was nice. And it really felt, I guess, authentic at that point. Like we were really doing something. Oh, yeah. I I remember feeling that same way. And I think it's especially hard being in a job where you don't necessarily have a physical location to do your business. Um, A lot of the stuff we do is remote. You know, you can work from home if you want. I work out in nature and that kind of stuff. And so it's hard to not necessarily have to meet very often. Um, And it does definitely create a lot of space between us sometimes like being on the same page but I think now that we're in our office space I already feel such a big shift in the way that we're working together and I feel like we're on the same page all the time I constantly know what you're doing and vice versa and I feel like the creativity flows a lot better when we're in the same space collaborating yeah yeah I enjoy the fact that we can just show up, sit down and get to work. And, you know, I'll glance over at your desk from time to time and see what you're doing back behind me, you know, and I'll be like, oh, okay, well, that's what she's doing. I better not interrupt and I'll, I'll just keep grinding on my stuff. But the big issue that I've run into now that we are in sort of a personal space is sometimes I cannot help myself and we just be messing around too much sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like most of the time. Yeah, <laughs> we get here, you know, relatively decent time, usually around like 11 or so. And then before I know it, it's one o'clock and we haven't started working on anything. We just be messing around and having a good time. And that's great. But yeah, I definitely <laughs> <laughs> I understand the struggle. Yeah. You know, I find, though, that when I come in here uh, by myself, I'm I'm super productive, but it doesn't feel as fulfilling, right? It feels kind of black because I'm just sitting in a dark office. I, I've got the music going, and I'm just sitting here by myself, and it's kind of boring. It's not nearly as fun. And so when when I do have other people in here and we're able to actually be productive, that is very, very satisfying, very fulfilling. And my favorite part at this point, 
Is Alexa talking? Yeah, she said something about starting in 15 minutes. Oh, that's annoying. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, I find that when I come into the office by myself and it's a dark office, it's warm, I just sit in here and I get sleepy and I'm bored and it's not nearly as fun despite being how productive I can be, right? But then when I come in and I'm with other people in the office, if we're able to be productive, that is very fun. That is very fun and fulfilling, whereas the others not so much. And so I really look forward to the times when I get to be down here with with people. And right now it's you, but there will be more people coming through. And that's that's really exciting for me. Yeah, I think some of it, as far as us working together in the office and just kind of goofing around is... I think the excitement hasn't quite worn off yet. Like, it still feels surreal that we're in here together in our own space, working towards the same goal. Um, it almost reminds me of, like, when you have a substitute teacher at school and they, like, sit you next to your friend and you're laughing and then you can't stop laughing and then they have to move you and separate you and then it's just, like, <laughs> funnier, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I I think we're getting there of being able to, like, settle in and be like, okay, we have to get this done. And so we're good about accomplishing our goals and then messing around. So to that point, one of the things that I've been doing to try to keep myself more accountable is sticking to sort of a loose schedule that I have. And that is I allot myself time for 10 to 15 minute breaks, allot myself time about an hour for lunch and then I know the time in between that is dedicated work time. And I really am working towards making that more of an established routine, which allows me to focus my mind a little bit. Because I am i don't know if it's, you know, medically related or if it's just the way my brain is, but structure really helps me to stay on task. I, I I have a tendency to be able to be distracted and off task very quickly, but I've never been diagnosed for anything that's like, you know, attention deficit. Um, <laughs> what's it called? The ADD? Attention yes. deficit disorder? Yes. Yeah, I've never been diagnosed for anything like that. So I don't know if that's something that I have or maybe I'm just dumb. I don't know. But I, <laughs> I have a hard time without the structure staying on task. <laughs> I think some of it comes from this being our first experience of having our own office, you know, and we've never experienced having to manage our own time that way and making something totally our own, like making our own schedules and being in charge of what we do. So I think some of it is just like overwhelming, but overwhelming with excitement and it makes it hard sometimes. There's a lot of new skills that you wouldn't expect to have to learn, but you really do. And one of those is creating your own schedule, but learning how to stick to it. But then on top of that, learning how to adapt in moments where the schedule has to change last minute. Because I think, and I don't know if anyone listening is like me in this manner, but if things start to go off the rail a little bit and my schedule starts to change outside of how I wanted it to be, that can really take that as a problem and really just steer that train further off the rail and say, forget it all. I'm just doing nothing now. 
and get really frustrated because the schedule changed so much. And it, it, it really takes sort of some mental willpower to be able to hold yourself to it and pull the train back on the tracks because I want to walk away because I get so frustrated when the schedule doesn't work out the way I wanted it to. Oh, absolutely. And uh, being your own boss, especially, I find personally that sometimes I don't want to come here on the weekends because I work during the week. The weekends are supposed to be my free time to like live and enjoy life. And um, so it's it's it can be challenging to really stick to it and be like, no, we're doing this today. You'll feel good once you're in there. It's just the getting there that poses the issue. I have the same issue with the gym. I, <laughs> I don't always want to go. And even some days, I don't want to be there after I'm there. But there hasn't been a single time where after I was done, I regretted going. And I think that's the idea you're getting at, is being able to walk away and feel the satisfaction that you did what you needed to do is a really important thing as a small business owner. And I need it myself. I come in here Monday through Wednesday and I spend all day Friday in here. It's, it's a lot, right? And then I work Fridays or I work Thursdays and Saturdays at my other job. And so Sundays are the only real day that I have to myself. And some days I end up working anyway on Sundays at, from my house and it can be a lot. I I kind of run into an issue, and I don't know if I've ever talked about this before, but I run into an issue where I feel guilty if I don't spend time working on the business. If I am taking personal time at all, I feel very guilty about that on the inside, and it can really eat me up. And so some days, if I've decided, like, today I'm not going to do anything today for the business, and this is going to be a me day, I can't help it. I check the email still. I still get on Facebook and I, you know, check the uh, analytics on some of our posts or I'll make a post or, you know, I don't know what it is, but I'm always doing something. I cannot not do anything. It just kind of eats me up on the inside and not in like a super, super negative way where, you know, it's causing mental health issues, but it is serious enough to where I have to learn to let go too, at times. Right. I think I struggle with that balance, too. Um, I almost feel like, well, how is the business going to grow if I'm not dedicating time to it every day type thing? And, you know, I really want the business to succeed. So it can be hard to understand when putting it down is okay versus when you need to be strict with yourself and put in the work. Hard. It's like you see these success stories of people who have built such and such from the ground up and all of their hard work paid off. And it's easy to think about, you know, did they live, eat and breathe their business or did they have a healthy balance too? And in some cases they probably did live, eat and breathe their business. But I think more often than not, there's a healthier balance to be struck in some areas between personal time and business time. And it's important to learn. And that's kind of the purpose of this podcast, really, is that we're all just human. When we go to sleep at the end of the day, we're just people. 
We're not CEO of such and such. We're not Nobel Prize winner. We're not small business owner. We're just people, right? Everybody sleeps, everybody eats, and we're just people. We're the same people. And it's so hard to remember that in the wake of others' success when you're trying to follow Sue in a similar path. Right. I I love what you said there. Yeah, I think that's a very hard thing to keep in the back of your mind, especially when you're first getting started. We as Americans have been sold on the American dream and that hard work will get you there. And while not all of us believe that, there's many of us that do. And I think it has its merits, but ultimately... I think it can be really toxic, right? We have a very capitalistic society and we work really hard for our money. Whereas, you know, you can kind of see in some other countries where they don't have the same desire for productivity that we seem to have in in our country. And I think that kind of idea really pushes us past our limits too often and mental health matters and physical health matters. And if you're working yourself sick, you're probably doing too much. Absolutely. And I think, you know, when you're feeling really bogged down by all your responsibilities, it is easy to get overwhelmed, but you're also not giving your all to your responsibilities, you know? Um, you're feeling exhausted, so you're not going to give the same to your business that you would if you were well-rested, well-balanced, that Mm. kind of stuff. And I think that's important to remember. You can't perform your best if you're not treating yourself the way you should be taking care of yourself. Yeah, that's actually a very good point, very solid, because you could work 20 hours and 10 of those hours could be poor, or you could work 10 hours and have all 10 hours be stellar and make up for it. And take the other 10 hours to get some sleep, spend some time with your family, have a good meal, be healthy. And I think that that right there is a fantastic point. So I appreciate that. Before we get going too far down this rabbit hole, I want to stop and take a minute to discuss you a little bit more. Right. We've talked about the business and our relationship a little bit and the friendship that we've cultivated. But let's talk a little bit about you and what it's like becoming a self-taught photographer, what it's like developing that confidence, that routine, and then eventually dealing with clients and how you manage that territory. So let's just start from the from the ground, right, and build our way up. You're self-taught. You had to have a lot of grit, right? Self-taught anything as a challenge and you've really used a lot of external motivation to keep you going why why is photography worth it to you why have you pursued it outside of staying accountable why was it photography and not something like graphic design or being a rapper (laughs) (laughs) well i know i have a lot of rapping abilities but i don't i don't think it's uh my calling person it's a good thing this isn't a rapping podcast (laughs) yeah i would definitely fail um i think photography has kept me going for so long because there's so much creativity in it um i can do something different every single day i'm i don't often worry about 
repeating the same idea or stealing people's work or anything like that. I really get to make it my own and tell a story that isn't always seen. And I love that. Um, I love capturing natural beauty and a huge thing for me is just like being appreciative of where I am and the things that I have going on in my life and I feel like photography really enhances that for me when you're looking at all these beautiful things and you're capturing it and people are in, in embracing it enjoying it reacting to it all that stuff it is so fulfilling and I love that um I think that photography is really something I'm supposed to be doing. It gives me a sense of accomplishment and a sense of joy when I capture something that I would have never thought I had the skill set to do. And I love that I'm self-taught because when I get those moments of like, oh my gosh, I really took that, it is so like powerful, if that makes sense. It does. Do you find yourself having to try harder to prove yourself because you're self-taught? I don't know if it's a me thing or a client thing, but I would say yes. Um, I feel, especially in our area, there are so many photographers and most of the people I know are like, oh, where'd you go to school for photography? Or, oh, I went to school for photography at so-and-so. And it's sometimes I'm, I feel kind of awkward about it because, you know, I don't have the knowledge to necessarily talk about the mechanics that go into photography um, as an intellect. You know, I kind of sound like I don't know what I'm doing, which is uh, pretty true. But I'm just out here trying to do the best that I can and use the tools that I have. Um, and I think what sets me aside from other photographers is the passion and the lengths I go to create a bond with my clients. There's a podcast that I follow. It's called the No, what is it called? The No Degree Podcast. And the whole point of it is finding success in professional fields and industries without having a college degree. And it's actually by a guy I know, and he's he's an awesome host and has an awesome concept with the podcast because it's about finding that success against the odds right against the fact that you're not a college graduate and we're no longer in the mindset as a society that that's required growing up it was always go to college so that you can graduate and you can find a good job well my relationship with cj she went to college for four years has a bachelor's in counseling psychology right and she's just as lost as i am Right. We're in the same boat still. So college isn't the answer. It's not. I didn't go to college. Well, I kind of did, but I didn't stick with college. I, I've been to college and enrolled three different times and quit three different times. It's not for me. I was a certified personal trainer. I run a business. I'm a web developer now, front end developer. I tried the influencer life for a while. I tried to be a video game streamer streamer. Like I've tried a lot of different things and that's not the full list of it, right? But that's there's so many different things in so many different areas. And when I was done with all that, I still didn't have direction. So there's no right answer here. You can go to college, you can get your degree. You might still end up lost. You can skip college and you can live life 
and you still might be lost. There's no real answer. It's you got to do what's best for you, but don't be afraid of exploring a new industry. Even if you don't feel like you have the the professional skills or even natural skill set that others might have, nobody starts perfect. Right, your photos have improved so much even since your edgy elephant days. And I liked a lot of those photos that you had back then, but you can see the clear growth and progression from that time to now. And it's just about practicing practicing the skill set and and going out of your way to learn the knowledge through other avenues like YouTube videos, articles. Um, I've even learned some things off of TikTok, which may or may not get banned. So I might have to find a new short short content video platform to learn little Photoshop hacks with. But, you know, the point being, it's about the initiative that you kind of have and the willpower that you can possess to achieve what it is you're trying to achieve. It's not about a piece of paper that says you know what you're doing. Right. I think that was a big obstacle I had to overcome in my um, postgraduate status from high school. I really struggled with not going to college. Uh, I had my entire future mapped out from a young age. You know, I wanted to go to school, become a veterinarian, work at a hospital, maybe even build my own hospital and create my own legacy. Um, but, you know, I graduated and I couldn't stomach the thought of more school. That sounded terrible to me. <laughs> and uh, I really had to come to terms with people's opinions on me not going to school my own opinions about not going to school and just feeling like I would be okay without going to college. Uh, sometimes I still struggle. I know a, a lot of my friends or people I went to high school with, they've all gone to college and have a degree in something. And whether or not they're using it or not, sometimes I can't help but feel like maybe I did something wrong along the way. But when I am able to focus on the business and do photography, I know I didn't make a mistake. College is not for everybody, and that's okay. The whole point of life is experience. Try something new. If you fail at it, that's okay. If you don't like it, that's okay. Try something new. Yeah, to that point, if you have a college degree and you went that route and you've now decided that's not what you want to do, there's literally not a problem with that because you can you can go back to school and you get a different degree if that's the route you want to go. Or you can just start learning something new and self-teach yourself something new. Or you can do nothing and just explore and go into debt and live life. And that's okay, too. The whole point is that tomorrow's never guaranteed. And if you're not doing something today that you're satisfied with, you're making a mistake. I don't care what you're doing, but if you're not happy with yourself and what you're doing, you're making a mistake. If I leave today and this is the last thing I've done for the rest of my life, I'm satisfied, right? This episode will go live at some point and I'll be gone, but I will have died doing what I loved. And that is living for myself. And that's so important. And don't let that comment either make you think that it's easy to do because it is very difficult to live for yourself. I, I spent a lot of years, as you guys well know, very depressed and very sad and not motivated, right? It's, it's very hard to live for yourself. And I'm telling you, it's possible, but you've got to 
really want it. That's that's what nobody tells you is that you have to want it and you have to want it every single day that you wake up. And if you don't want it one day, then you better want it the next day and you better keep going because eventually you'll wake up and you'll be like, damn, I am so happy. Where did this happen? What did I do right? Because this feels right. And I want that. I want that for you guys. And I want that for us. And I want that. I want that for you, Adriana. I want that for everybody because that feeling of being satisfied with yourself when you wake up, I mean, I thought I had to be on drugs to get that feeling. If I'm being honest, there's a period in my time where I smoked weed every day just so that I could feel okay with myself on the inside, right? I don't have to do that anymore. And that feels so empowering. Life, life can be a drug. Why are you laughing? It's a vulnerable moment. I just this this podcast is going so differently than the first one we did. Yeah, but this one's actually good. I think as long as you're growing, you're not gonna fail. You know, it's not possible. If you're working towards growing yourself as an individual, experiencing more and finding you know, your, your purpose, then you're going to be fine. Right before I started working with this company, one of the first things that I was doing, it was learning a new skill set. I decided, I always had an interest in technology, but I decided that I wanted to learn how to code for real. And I started watching YouTube videos and learning how to write code and how to make that into a workable website. I spent a long time after that feeling very ashamed that I was not better at my skill. And that shame would cause me to not pursue additional training, not ask questions, especially publicly, because I didn't want to admit it. Right? I wanted to hide behind the cloak and pretend like everything was fine and that I was a successful web developer and I wasn't not all the time I had small successes but I didn't feel successful and I think that at that time I felt like it would be very obvious how big of a failure I was and what I didn't stop to think about during that time was the fact that I was even there trying at all that showed that I was not even a failure. I wasn't even close to being a failure because I was trying and I was still showing up most days of the week. And then I was I was putting in the work, even if it wasn't web development to build the brand. I was I was doing stuff still. I was still growing, but it didn't feel like it. So I felt like I was a failure. And that was scary to face. And I started doing that publicly on Twitter where I started sharing projects with other developers and asking for feedback. That was the first time I asked anyone outside of my business partners to critique the work that I had done. That was terrifying, but it showed me that it is possible to not be a professional and to not be a failure at the same time. And I didn't understand that concept. I, I really felt like I had to be the world's best developer and professional to not be a failure and that's just not true and it's 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 a growth thing like you had spoke on 
where you have to have that growth mindset. And as long as you have that growth mindset, then you're still on the right track. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, it's very true that comparison really does kill your joy. I've struggled with that myself, especially photography is everywhere. You get on Instagram and you're always going to see these really pretty pictures or Facebook, you know, whatever. And it can be really challenging for me personally when I see these really amazing pictures and then I look at my stuff and I'm like, "Mm, well, I suck because this (laughs) does not look good at all compared to what I just saw. Why would anybody want to be my client? But I think it's very important to look at where you started and look at where you are now. And it's okay to admit that you're not going to be great at everything. And it's okay to ask for advice from people that are in the same field as you and are more experienced. That's something I've really struggled with. I am not going to be good at everything. And I've really had to work at being able to say no, you know. Um, sometimes clients will want to work with me and if I don't think it's a project I am capable of or something that I feel good about, I've really had to come to terms with saying, no, I don't think I'm the right person for this job. Maybe you should talk to so-and-so or figuring out what I need to do to be prepared for such event. And, uh, I think that's been a very big learning opportunity for me. Nobody is going to think that they are the best at what they do, ever. There's always something new to learn. There's always going to be somebody better or whatever. There's Everybody's opinion is different, and you're always going to critique yourself the most, and that's okay. We are all just learning and growing, and I know I'm not the best photographer, but I care. And that's what I do have to offer. I'm not going to stop trying just because I'm not the best. I don't know if you relate to what I'm about to say or not. I know for one, when I am approached with a potential client and we're discussing the scope of their project and I determine that this is something that ultimately I probably shouldn't do just due to my skill level. And I have to turn down a client, especially when that client could bring in some big bucks for the business, right? We, we have bills to pay. And when there's a big dollar price tag attached to a potential service that I could or couldn't offer, while... I mean, we talked about the integrity before. Like, I'm not going to do something and promise that I can do something if I can't deliver. I always still can't help myself from feeling bad about the fact that I wasn't good enough to bring that money into the business, right? The dilemma isn't, oh, no, morally, I, I'm going to not take this, right? It's not a moral issue because I'm I'm not going to take a job if I can't deliver on the work, but... I do feel negative about myself for not being good enough to take the work. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think that's something I've struggled with too, is especially when there's other people involved in your business, you know? I don't want to let you guys down because I'm not pulling my weight or 
I've not advanced enough to be able to handle those kinds of projects. And I think that's really challenging to come to terms with. But ultimately, I try to remind myself that I'm not doing you a disservice by not taking on a client because I don't have the skill set. If anything, I am helping us grow. It is not going to do us any good if I seriously let down a client. They're unhappy. I feel bad about it. And so I stop trying to grow my photography because I'm upset. That's not going to help anybody. It's better to just say no and work harder to be able to grow yourself so you're ready when that opportunity comes around again. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's easy to forget all that, but that's one of the nice kind of perks of having other business partners to work with or a team to work with. Recently, I had a fairly large client that I could have potentially signed on with and they needed an entire revamp of their entire website. And it was like 60 plus page website. It was pretty large and definitely the largest thing I would have ever worked on. But there was a lot involved, including work with databases that I haven't had a lot of experience with yet. And I really struggled with the fact that I could probably learn the skills and probably be able to me my way through the project but ultimately after going back and forth on it we agreed that there was no shame in walking away from the project if i didn't feel like i could do it you helped remind me of that because i really felt like at that point in time we needed that paycheck and i really felt like pushing through and figuring it out but but yeah that reassurance um from both of you guys saying, you know, if, if you can't do it, then walk away from it, right? And ultimately, I decided I couldn't do it, and I did walk away from it, and it sucked, right? I battled with that for a minute, but having that support lean on was really important in that time because that's, that's tough, turning down those clients, especially when you feel like you could probably figure it out. But there's a difference between figuring it out and delivering a product. And I, I want to deliver products, products that my clients can feel satisfied with. And I don't know if I could have delivered that and ultimately a good thing that I walked away from that. Right. I've experienced that myself. You know, sometimes I get people that will ask me about doing some photography for their wedding. And that is something that I don't think I'm quite ready for. I'd love the experience because I'm never going to get there if I don't just try. But being the sole photographer for somebody's wedding, oh my gosh, that would be terrible if it didn't turn out. Like one of the most important days of your lives and your pictures come back and I don't know, maybe they're blurry or you think you look weird or I didn't get your mother-in-law in the pictures. I don't know. That is a lot of stress and not something that I am trying to fail on. I want my clients to get their pictures back and feel beautiful and for them to reflect on fondly. You know, that's an important day. So if I don't think I'm ready to shoot something like that, I'm going to turn it down because I know if I think the pictures look bad or the client tells me 
I'm not really satisfied with this. I'm going to feel terrible. I'm not somebody who takes criticism very well. I'm working on it. But I will definitely go through a period of time of um, not wanting to do photography for sure if I have something like that happen. So it's just better to avoid it where possible. Uh, sound advice. As we start to get to about an hour here, start wrapping up the podcast, um, I don't want to finish without you having the opportunity to share the outside the brackets advice that you might have for up-and-coming photographers or up-and-coming individuals who are self-teaching themselves something. A lot of our audience are self-taught developers that struggle with that idea of being good enough to share work or to be sort of somebody who knows what they're talking about, right? They don't feel that confidence yet. And that's something you can relate to, even though you're not a developer. But uh, what, what would you have to say for someone listening today? I think my advice would be to really understand and know your worth. I think something we struggle with, especially as business owners, is knowing what we can charge and get away with. You know, we don't ever want to come across as greedy, but we also don't want to undersell what we're worth. And I know when I started out, I was charging very bottom dollar packages. And um, sometimes I wouldn't charge at all because... Maybe it's somebody I know, or maybe it was one of my first clients and I hadn't done something like the project they were wanting me to work on. And so I would just not charge or charge very little. And I think that's something that I've really had to work on. I think that I am a good photographer. Yes, I'm not perfect. I'm self-taught and I'm still learning a lot. But I know what I'm capable of and I know what I produce. And I feel okay getting to a place of charging more. And when you're constantly underselling yourself, first of all, that's not going to paint a good picture for your clients. If you're out here charging very little, they're not going to have super high expectations. And they're going to be clients that are more likely to be difficult for you in the long run. I have experienced that the less I charge, the more clients I get that are very picky request way more than what they should for the amount that they were charged and um i just leave feeling not very satisfied because i know how much work i put into it and they're not satisfied anyways because they think they deserve more and that can be really challenging to deal with especially when you're first starting out so know your worth get comfortable in knowing what you can charge and just do it the clients might not come right away but you'll get there eventually and that is what is important. Something to keep in mind on that point is if you are a paying customer and you go to a service provider and they say, I don't know if I'm comfortable delivering a perfect product for you. I'm going to give it to you for free just in case it's bad. What kind of a pitch impression is that giving you? Do you feel satisfied at all as a potential client to this, this service provider? Or is that a red flag for you? 
just a change in perspective there. Think about that. The next time you're trying to pitch something, I'm not confident in my abilities, so I'm going to charge a lower price, right? That's what you're telling them. Premium service comes from premium price, whether that's $200 or $2,000 or $20,000. Premium service comes from premium price. Charge what you're worth. Charge for your time. Add value. Make sure there's plenty of value for the price that you're charging. And the customers will come. The right customers will come, right? So it can be very detrimental not charging or charging very little. And that's the point that we had to learn the hard way. So take, <laughs> learn from our mistakes and charge yourself or don't charge yourself. Charge your clients an appropriate fee for your time. You deserve that. <clears throat> charge yourself. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. <laughs> Well, Adriana, I appreciate you coming on. I know we had a lot of technical issues getting this podcast recorded, and this was the first time we've recorded in our office like this, and so there were a lot of things to work out, so it's kind of been a process to get this episode recorded, but I really appreciate you taking the time. I think this actually turned out to be a very nice episode, and there's a lot of value to to take away from it. Uh, So thank you for being here, and I just want to remind everybody out there, that we are here to help you succeed and to see you succeed. The whole purpose of this podcast is to show you that there is light at the end of the tunnel and that you can succeed no matter what you're pursuing. And this this podcast was originally set up to sort of tailor towards software developers, but the lessons that we talk about They apply to so many different professions, and you can apply them to whatever you're learning. So it's not just for developers, and it's not just for coding or anything like that. As we learned today, there are so many lessons from her self-taught journey from photography to business owner that apply to a lot of things that we're learning as software developers, freelancers, or any other profession. So take what you need, apply it. We want success right and we really appreciate hearing the stories and when you guys tweet me and when you guys send me dms on twitter and let me know your thoughts on the podcast and you tell me that i've inspired you or that i've been able to open your eyes to something new that means a lot to me so i really appreciate all of you taking the time to share that because it is easy to feel like i'm not reaching the right people or enough people or that my efforts are in vain when I'm doing this podcast. But when I see those moments of hope kind of peek through the veil, I really appreciate that. And that means more to me than I think you guys will ever really be able to know. But thank you for for sharing that and sharing your thoughts. So again, thank you for being here, Adriana. And uh, I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Andrew. I've really enjoyed being on today's episode. This was my first podcast, and I feel like it's something I can be proud of. And I'm very grateful for all the people who have supported us on our journey and for our listeners. So thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. Until our next episode, remember that every story has a purpose, every story has value, and we want to hear it.